Well, good morning. It's good to be back, finally. Um, I appreciate everyone's patience with, with everything that was happening and the, and the short notices of, of having to call off. Um, it, it's strange. You know, last time we were here, I, I told you about, you know, our, our family was pretty sick. Um, Paul and Jeanette, you just suffered some falls. Um, Selma was going for her, her, uh, her, her surgery, had, had the heart issues, and, and, and Cecil had the uh, skin cancer removed. And uh, my truck wheel had fallen off the day before. We had a, a leaky pipe under our house that we couldn't get to, had to hire somebody to come in to fix. We came home Sunday after church to find that our um, washing machine was leaking. It just seemed like, and then the, when, while we were here, the, the heat went out. So it, it was just one thing after another. And then when we called to get the heat fixed, we had the flood of uh, the 2000s come through. And the church took on two and a half feet of water in the basement, flipped the refrigerator over and caked everything with mud. Um, Jerry did an amazing job at, at, at bringing it back to normal, and it just—it was just one thing after another. And um, I just say all that to say this: it, it, isn't God good? I mean, we, we just keep our focus on Him, and, and, and look, we're right back uh, in His house. You know, I, I think uh, Satan will use any 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 way he can think of to keep our minds off of God. Right, he he'll throw all these curveballs at us to try and keep our focus off of God. Um, but as long as we keep our uh, God as our, our our main point of focus, um, he'll he'll steer us through. He'll guide us through, and here we are back with the my I got my truck back. I don't know if you saw. My family seems to be healthy. Uh, I I didn't notice any uh, limps when you walked in, and I got a good report on Selma, and and and, and everything else seems to be going well. So um, we need to be uh, grateful for um, answered prayers. Uh, I hope you all stayed fed while we were apart. Uh, You know, stayed in the Word or uh, visited another church. Uh, Kate and I did. We went to uh, First Baptist of uh, Pineville. And uh, I felt so bad for that preacher. He had to preach through my kids. I'm used to them running around, shouting, and doing all that kind of stuff, but uh, Charlotte did a backflip off of a pew and landed on her head, (laughs) and so uh, the the preacher actually resigned at the end of uh, the service. It wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with my kids, but uh, they they didn't, they didn't welcome us back, I don't think. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, We're going to be in uh, John today, John chapter 15. To be exact, if you could find John chapter 15. I don't know about your Bible, but when I open up to John chapter 15, both pages, where I see 15 and 16, just about every word on there is red. That's how you know it's good. So John chapter 15, we're starting in verse 1, and if you found it, you would stand for the reading of God's word. You know what else good happened today? I was here last night studying, and uh, I left my glasses. 
I got here and I thought, oh no, I don't have my glass. Left them at home. Walked in, in, in the, the study back here and found them sitting on the table. So it's, it's a good day. Uh, John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. That's enough. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful to be back in your house. Lord, uh, just so we could be together to to worship you. Um, We just ask that uh, you speak to us today, Lord. Allow us to feel your spirit. Allow us to hear you. Speak to us through your word as your servants are listening. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, Jesus tells us right off the bat, he says, I am the true vine. <laughs> now, I know you all heard many I am statements from Jesus. This was actually the seventh and final I am statement from Jesus in uh, John. He started off, I believe it was in chapter 6, by saying that I am the uh, bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then finally here in chapter 15, he says, he is the true vine. And that's interesting that he says the true vine. Why, why would he say, why would he just say, I am the vine? He says, I am the true vine. Because what we'll see is in scripture, there's actually three times that a vine is used to describe something. There's in the past in the Old Testament. There's in the future, which we will see in Revelation. And then there is the present, which is now, which is Jesus speaking of here. In the past, and you don't have to flip there, uh, but in Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah wrote a song. He wrote a song uh, to the people from the the perspective of God. Okay, now I'm going to read that real quickly for you here. It says, uh, My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it up and uh, cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in its midst and also made a wine press in it. So he expected it to bring forth good grapes, but it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, the men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, uh, when I expected to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And now, please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, and it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will lay it waste. I shall not, it shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. 
and the men of Judah are his pleasant plant. He looked for justice, but behold, oppression for righteousness, but behold, a cry for help. So what we see here is Israel was first seen as the vine, right? God, uh, he, 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 he was the vine grower, right? He, he was the one that was, was making it all happen. He took Israel, his people, and he transplanted them into Canaan, which was the promised land. It's kind of like if, if you were out in the woods and you saw a beautiful flower and you said, you know what, I, I want this beautiful flower to see the sunlight. I want it to be closer to me. You would uproot it. You would take it up. You would plant it closer to yourself. Right? Where you could care for it, where you could water it, where you could fertilize it, where you could make sure that it gets everything it needs. And that's exactly what God did for Jerusalem. He, the, the song says that he placed it on a fruitful hill. He dug out the rocks. He planted the best vine. He built a tower in its midst. The tower is a symbol of protection. He was able to stay in the tower and protect his vine. He built a wine press because he expected good grapes. But that's not what he got. What did he get? He got wild grapes. And if you've read through the book of Judges, you know that he's not lying. He got wild grapes. And God can't do anything with wild grapes. Doesn't want them. They're no good. They're not good for anything. Look, look, look what does he end up doing here in verse 5 and 6? It says, uh, and now, please, let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to protect it anymore. And it shall be burned, and break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down, and I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned or dug, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain on it. But look at the very end of verse 7 because there's good news. Behold, a cry for help. It doesn't matter how deep we get, how bad things may seem. When we cry out for help, he hears us. We've talked about this in the past. He inclines his ear to hear our cries. And that's exactly what he does. So that was the past. Jesus is saying, Jerusalem is not the vine. I am the true vine. Now, let's, I'm going to skip over the present uh, for a moment. I want to look at Revelation. Uh, in Revelation 14, 14, we see the vine used again. But this time, it's the vine of the earth. Revelation 14, 14 says... Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. Remember, this is John. Look, and then I looked, and behold, a white cloud. And on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust his sickle into the earth, and the earth was reaped. Verse 17. Then another angel came out of the temple, which was in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, who had the power over fire. 
And he cried with a loud cry to him uh, who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for the grapes are fully ripe. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city. The blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. So you see, this is a different kind of vine. This is the kind of vine that's attached to the earth. Right, it says that. Why would he, why else would he say, telling Jesus, drive your sickle into the earth to pull these vines out? Jesus needs to drive that sickle into the earth to pull the vines out because uh, th- that's where these vines are getting their nourishment from. These vines are dug in deep to the ground. It's just like the lost today. They feed off of the earth. That's where they get their nutrients. That's where they, they, they get their pleasure from. That's where they get their, their, quote, joy from. But that's not where we get it from, right? We get it from our Heavenly Father. But these are the laws that he's talking about here. And it, it, once he pulls them up out of the ground, he puts them in a wine press. And it said the, the, the blood rose up to the, the horse's bridle. That's the thing that goes around their head. So it was awfully deep. And it says 1,600 furlongs. That's 200 miles. So you picture 200 miles in any direction of blood as deep as a horse's bridle. It's a lot of blood. A lot of people losing their lives. Um, But we are in the present. So that's what we're going to focus uh, the, the rest of uh, the message today. Right now, uh, he is telling us that the vine that you and I are attached to is Jesus. You and I are attached to him, if you are saved. If you are saved. Uh, so where the lost would have found their nourishment in the world, the saved received the, the, what they need from the Lord. So in verse 1, he, he says that his father is the vine dresser. Yours may say husbandman. Uh, they, they both mean a farmer. He's the one that looks over everything. He's the one that takes care of the land and the crops and, 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 and oversees all that happens to it. So verse 1, we find that Jesus is the vine that the saved are attached to. And his father uh, cares for the crops. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Let's stop there. Um, actually, let me, let me do that again. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears, uh, that bears fruit, he prunes. Does not bear fruit, he takes away. The, fruit, uh, the branches that bears fruit, he prunes that they may bear more fruit. So he's comparing two different branches, right? The branch that does not produce any fruit and the branch that does compare fruit. So when I read, when I read this in the past, I, I thought, okay, well, he's talking about the, the saved and the lost. 
He's saying, well, the lost, uh, if, if uh, you're not bearing any fruit, you get lopped off and you get thrown in the fire. Um, but as I was reading, and I was ready to preach that. And last night as I'm studying, I looked at it and I said, that's not what he's talking about. And I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? <laughs> so there was an awful lot of praying going on here last night. What, what got me was right in the beginning, verse 2, it says, every branch in me. Right? In Jesus. He's talking about the saved. These are saved people he's talking about here. So what kind of saved people would not be bearing fruit? It, it, that, that, that's what confused me. You know, I, I, look, I looked at it completely different. If you get around to verse 6, you can see why. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is as withered, and they gather them and throw them in the fire, and they are burned. Right? Well, when you read those two so close together, you think, okay, well, that, that must be what he's talking about. But that, that's not it. That's not it. Let's take a look at the, the, the saved people that don't produce fruit. They are connected. They're connected to the vine. Jesus says, you are connected to me, but do not produce fruit. So there are a couple ways that we can look at this. It all depends on your translation of the Greek word um, arrow. Arrow, which, mean, which is translated here, taken away or taketh away. There's two different definitions for it. The one that we see here in the text, taken away, um, if a child of God is not producing fruit, right? It's not, he's not bringing glory to God. People can't look at you if you're not producing fruit and, and see the goodness of God. So what can God do? Um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm skipping all around because I'm so... Um, I got so much in my head and I'm trying to get it out in the, in the right order and, and, and it's uh, baffling me a little bit. Uh, but if I told you that I was a Christian, but you didn't see any of the evidence in the way that I lived my life, it, it would be a poor, it would give you a poor indication of what a Christian is, right? If I told you I was a Christian and you saw me stumbling drunk down the streets of Pineville, you would say, that's a Christian? It doesn't look much like a Christian to me. Or if you knew my kids were at home uh, starving and I'm at, at the gas station buying lotto tickets, you might think, that doesn't seem very Christian to me. I'm not bearing the right kinds of fruits. So, we're told that we are recognized by what? How, how are we recognized as Christians? By our fruits. Matthew seven sixteen says, you will be known, or they will be known by their fruits. So if you don't have fruits, how are you recognized as a Christian? That's a good question. Here it says that he, meaning God the Father, takes away. Takes away. What does that mean, that he takes away? One possibility could be physical death. Once we stop producing fruit, 
right? In the beginning, we're in love with the Lord, and, and, and we're, we're doing things for the Lord. We're working the church. We're, we're doing everything we can to try, try and please God, right? And I'm not talking about works related, because the, the fruit comes through God, right? But as time goes on and things happen, maybe we drift away from God. We stop producing that fruit that we once produced. One of the ways that he can take us away is through physical death. He might say, your time here is done. I'm bringing you home. Um, Remember, he's he's talking about saved people. He's not talking about losing your salvation. He's saying that you're saved and I'm taking you. Another thing, he could be be removing you from something. Um, If you had a position in a church, for instance, if you were a a deacon or, or, or um, a, a Sunday school leader, a, a pastor, if you stop producing your fruit, if you're not bearing that fruit for the, everyone to see, God may remove you from that situation. He may remove you from that position because you're not bearing the fruit that he expects. So it could mean that he is taking you away. He's removing you. But there's another translation to error. And it's a definition I like a little bit better. In fact, I don't know about your Bible and mine. Uh, it has a, a, a note that says, could also mean. And mine says, lifts up. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he lifts up. And the, the, the more I, I read it, the more I look at it, the more I, I like this, ver- this definition. Um, I think it's a better picture of who God is. Uh, last night, I watched, I can't tell you how many YouTube videos about how to grow grapes. You'd be shocked to find how many videos are online of people just teaching you how to grow a vineyard, grow grapes. I had no idea. I didn't realize anybody was all that interested in it. But in every video that you see, the first thing that they do is they take the vines off the ground. They have to be lifted up. And there's videos of them building uh, like, like trestles and fences. One guy had some like shortened telephone poles that he put in the ground and, and put metal line um, from end to end because the, the grapes and the vines would get so heavy that he needed that support. So it's lifting up. Right? It's lifting these vines off the ground to give them the opportunity to produce the fruit. Because if you just let the, 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 the great vines grow on the ground, they won't produce the fruit. They need to be hung high. So a vine grower, um, to produce a lot of fruit, has to lift them up. And God wants to do the same with us. You producing fruit is what's going to bring him glory. So what are the fruits he wants us to produce? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, The fruit of the Spirit, that's who we have in us, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So if you are producing these things, if you are producing those fruits, what can God do to get them out of you? 
I think he would do what any good father would do. He would model them. Right? He would model these things for you. He would show you. He would lift you up. He would show you that he loves you. He'll give you joy and peace. He is long-suffering or patient with us. He's kind and good. He's faithful and gentle. And when you're not producing fruit, I believe that he will lift up his children and model these things. He wants to help you bear that fruit. He will lift you up. So who are the people Jesus is talking about in verse 2? The, the, the second group of people. We have the people that are producing fruit. And then we have the branches that are bearing fruit. And what does he do to them? He prunes them. He prunes these. Kate and I, we started watching this TV show. Uh, it's called uh, Family, Family by the Ton. Family by the Ton. Great television show if you get it get a chance to check it out. I, somebody told me about it, and I, I decided to check it out. And what the, the show is about is a, f- a family, cousins, uh, everybody in the family seems to be morbidly obese. They're very, very large people. They're, I think the, the smallest woman was like 350, and then, um, yeah, 365, some, it was fairly high. And then there was a man that was 670 pounds, um, and it's just large, very large people. And it follows them through their journey because they want, everybody in the family wants to have that surgery done on their stomach where, where, where it like makes the stomach small so they lose the weight. There's one lady who hasn't been outside of her house in three or four years because um, she's always in the bed. She, she, she just sits in the bed and she can make it to the bathroom, which is like next to her bed. She cooks on her bed with a hot plate. And it was, the saddest thing was her mother died. She, she, was, she was trying, she was working up trying to get outside and, and lose a little bit of weight so that she could have the surgery. And uh, while she's doing that, her, her mother died. And because of her size and her limitations, she wasn't able to go to the funeral. She, and they, they video her sitting in her bed watching the funeral on, on a phone. And uh, it, was, it was heartbreaking the way they, uh, you know, put everything together. And... Uh, but when they do this, what the doctor does is he tells them, you have to go on a diet. Before I'll do surgery on you, you have to go on a special diet for weeks, several weeks of just one meal a day. Or I think one of them, he's told them, you can't have any solid food. You have to have um, uh, liquid, just liquid diet. And he does this to make sure that there's been a change in their behavior, in their eating behavior. Because what happens is when they have this surgery, when they go in and they put the band around the stomach and they make the stomach real small, if, if there hasn't been a true change in the behavior, and they keep eating the way they do, they'll eventually get back to where they were. So the surgery is not just a cure-all for it. It has to be an overall change in that person. So that's why the doctor has them do it for several weeks. Several weeks. Because anybody can do it for a week, right? Anybody could probably get by with one meal a day for a few days. Especially when you only have to check in once a week. And some of you are looking confused about why I'm talking about 
this television show so much, but what I'm talking about is our salvation. What I'm talking about is our walk with God. There has to be a true and significant change that takes place inside of you when you decide to follow Jesus. There has to be that change. And the change, the fruit that we bear, it needs to be something that's happening day after day after day. Right? We're bearing fruit. When we're walking with God, it has to be constant. It can't just be once a week for an hour on Sundays. Anybody can do that. Anybody can walk into a church and fool everybody into thinking they're a Christian. That's not what God wants. That's not what produces fruit. So what does it look like? In the show, the the doctor goes in and and he does surgery on their stomachs. And he puts a little band on it and it makes the stomach real small so that when they eat, even just like a little bit of water, it makes them feel like they're full because they can't get anything else in there. And once they lose that weight, they go back to the doctor, and he removes all that loose skin and the fat and all, all that. He starts cutting it off of them. Brothers and sisters, God has done surgery on your heart. He has placed the Holy Spirit in your heart, and the Holy Spirit is what convicts us. And eventually starts removing some of that sin from our lives, that sinful nature that we have inside of us. Over time, you start losing the desires of the world, right? They start being replaced by desires for God. And that, that, that's what, it, as, as it should be. The word prune, when you look at it, yours may say purge or purgeth. They both come from the Greek word, uh, I'm going to butcher this because I'm not Greek. Kathero. And it means to cleanse. It means to cleanse. To prune or to purge means to cleanse. Um, and sometimes that's going to hurt. Sometimes it's going to hurt. We don't, all, we don't want to get rid of a lot of the things that we love about the world, right? There are things in the world that we just don't want to give up. But God wants to prune them off of you. Because God knows that it's necessary to start cleansing you, to start pruning those things off of you so that you can further your walk with Him. So that you become a stronger Christian. I never got a switch when I was a kid. That wasn't the, the punishment of choice that my parents gave. I, I had things just taken from me. Um, my basketball, that hurt the most. Got TV taken from me, sweets, things like that. Occasionally I would get locked out of the house. Uh, but I never got the switch. But my understanding is, from what I've heard about getting the switch, Charlotte, you might want to listen to this, that the secret to it not hurting is, is a little counterintuitive. When, when you get switched, your reaction is to step away from that person that's switching you, right? You kind of itch away from them. But really, that's going to make it hurt more because you're getting closer to the end of the switch, which actually hurts. There's more of a wind-up. What you need to do, you listen, Charlotte, is you need to try and press yourself closer to the person that is switching you because you're not getting the end of it. You're getting the part that's closer to the hand and it won't hurt nearly as much. 
That's the same with God. When he is pruning you, if you try and move yourself away from him, to try and hold on to those things, it's only going to hurt more. The best thing to do when you feel God pruning you is to move closer to him. Allow him to take that pain away. So don't fight it. Let him prune you. Just take that opportunity to draw closer to him. Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for your word. Thank you for, for speaking to us through it. Lord, I just pray that you will do a work on all of our hearts. Lord, that we want to produce fruit for you. And we know that no fruit, no good fruit can be produced by anybody that is not connected to you. All good fruit comes through you, Lord. And we just want to bear that. We want to be your, your, your witnesses here on earth. And we want people to be able to see us and say that as a Christian. They can recognize us by those fruits. Lord, help us love. Help us be kind. Help us be long-suffering towards each other. Lord, I pray that you will imprint all these things on our hearts so we can take them with us throughout our lives, wherever we go, and share them with the lost. Lord, we're so grateful for all that you do in our lives. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.